Welcome to the Westside Barbell Podcast. Today with me is Pat, owner of True Rest Float Spa, and John Quint. Today's topic is float restoration for athletes. Pat, I'd like to start off by just getting a brief bio on you and how you ended up getting into this business. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it started off, I guess, by uh, happenstance and a little bit of circumstance, but uh, I... Um, was talking to a buddy of mine who was uh i was in the military for a long time and um was talking to a buddy of mine just kind of talking like a couple old ladies and uh i was having a hard time and kind of bitching to him and he said well yeah i'm in coronado right now and uh we're doing uh float therapy because we can't be on prescriptions you know in the military i said what's that and uh kind of told me a little bit about it i did a google search and went and tried it in chicago and uh after I tried it, I fell asleep, and uh, I went out to the to the car. Heather picked me up, my wife. Heather picked me up, and I said, "Dude, we're I'm opening one. Like I'm gonna open one, and then I'm gonna use it all the time. And um, you know, I'm, we're gonna make money off of it." So she's. Um, I talked to her a little bit more about it, and she goes, "Well, I want it to be like a spa," and so that's kind of how it how it kicked off so ours is more spa like instead of a float center so um she got all the tiles and stuff that she <laughs> wanted and um it's very you know very pretty but um, the effects of it it's aren't they're no joke they're awesome what what made you go okay this is it i, I know this is going to work like what effects did it have on you and what did it help you with so for me i went to it uh for like mental stuff i was yep. i was like anxiety um hyper vigilance i couldn't get my blood pressure down but um, the medicines and stuff, it was just scary. You know, I've got some addiction in my family, and I, I didn't want to take it. You know, I was like I, Xanax and Paxil and stuff. I just didn't want to be on it. So when I tried float therapy, um, my mind just checked out. And it's like for an hour, I, I got to do nothing. And the um, so at first it was the mental aspects. And then, um, you know, that was four years ago. And now here we are, and there's so much more science that's backed up, you know, with the, uh, with your body, not just your mind, um, that I've gotten a ton out of it. I mean, just uh, injury recoveries, um, muscle fatigue, sleeping better. Um, yeah, it's it's great. Um, so you you opened up your first center in Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what have you seen? What have you learned from that, from all the different demographics you have? Yeah, so what's funny is we get all these marketing companies that call us, and they're like, hey, well, you know, what demographic are you trying to shoot for? And at first, we didn't have one because everybody was using it. I mean, we still don't. Everybody uses it. I think my oldest uh, member is 92 years old, and I've got a kid with autism that's uh, 13 mm-hmm. that, that's, that comes in. So it's hard to put a demographic on it. Um, now... Um, and that's probably why you know why, that's why I'm here talking to you guys is the athletes, the high performance athletes are using it. Um, that demographic I think is skyrocketing because people are seeing what it does. Um, you get so many athletes that take these Epsom salt baths and stuff. Well, this is an Epsom salt bath on steroids with so many other different things involved in it. Um, and so we've seen a huge uptick in professional athletes, high performance athletes, and um, crossfitters yoga you know everybody everybody's coming in so i think they uh they get to check out mentally and then the physical attribute you know the the stuff that it does to your body 
um, or doesn't do to your body is what's, you know, what the benefits that they're seeing from it. What, what, what is, like, to people out there who have got no idea what we're talking about, what is a float tank or what is float therapy? So, what? yeah, so there's a ton of different ones out there. Um, I like to describe the ones that we have. I mean, we didn't, uh, we wrote the check for them. They're like the Rolls Royce of, you know, float pods or float tanks. Um, they're eight and a half feet long five feet wide, five and a half feet wide, and uh, they're filled with 10 inches of water. And then in that 10 inches of water, we've dumped 1,000 to 1,300 pounds of medical-grade Epsom salt into it. And then we make that water skin temperature. So with the ratio in water to salt, you float effortlessly. So your body floats on top of the water. You don't feel it. We We cut out the lights if you want. You can't hear anything unless you choose to. And it just gives your brain a complete shut down a complete break so um it allows you to uh relax and rest so um which is so important especially for athletes you know the stress levels that we see with the professional athletes that come to us they're crazy these guys stress over everything and so it gives such a it gives a stress relief increases endorphins um and there's so much other you know physical stuff that it does for your body that I wasn't even aware of when I opened it, um, that we're just finding out now. Yeah. So who is your regular clientele then? It's pretty much everybody. I mean, we have, uh, um, almost 800 members for both, both spas and I've got the soccer mom coming in to, um, people of all different ages, demographics, um, from all parts of town, uh, that come in for various different reasons. Um, you know, people come in just to relax or to have a um, time to themselves when they don't get to hear, you know, the word mom or honey or you know anything like that. They just they hear nothing, and for that, for the human, for the human to experience that is so different now. You know, because if you look at um, the world and what what humans do on a day-to-day basis if it's not sitting in traffic you're on your phone you're talking to people you're watching television sitting in front of a computer you know and the the senses that you are having to use are they're overwhelming i mean it's it's crazy and to have that be shut off is like something that i've never experienced and a lot of people it catches them by surprise and it allows their them to feel great and the the benefits don't even, they're not even just that while you're doing it. They last two, three days, four days, you know, afterwards. And so um, for for the regular person all the way up to the elite athlete, it's, it's like it's something that you can't do anywhere else. Yeah, I like the fact that because I've done it, Tom's done it, Tom's the one that actually uh, introduced us, and yeah. that's when I started doing it. And, uh, I mean, I love it based off the fact that especially like you were saying in today's world, we have all this uh, external stimuli that is just constant, nonstop. And when you get in the tank, for people that don't know, because I was trying to explain to my mom and my dad, thinking it's real good uh, for the both of them, uh, it basically removes all those stimuli so that you can actually start to calm down. So you don't have to worry. You know, you're, It's a sensory deprivation tank, right? Yeah, it takes all I mean, the senses away. Yeah, but so you can even take it a step further. Like, look at sports visualization. Like, when you guys are working with athletes, I mean, how, how much of, the, of the, the game right now is, is mental? 
So you look at even just the form or getting somebody to um, meet a certain, you know, you need to run a certain way. Well, look at what we can do is we can shut down all the senses to somebody so they can visualize what we want them to visualize or what you want them to visualize by um, pumping audio in there. We have football players that um, are memorizing their plays. We're pumping the audio of the plays through, and they're picking up on their plays so much quicker um, than before because there's no distractions. You don't have the distractions. And I don't think people realize how, you know, even if you have a little distraction, you know, it takes time to go back to what you were originally concentrating on. So you're losing a lot of time in between. So like the work that I do, uh, Cal Newport wrote a book on it. It's called Deep Work, but I try to do deep work because and with that, you basically remove all stimuli so that you can really concentrate yeah. and, and maximize your cognitive abilities without distraction. Because if you start to come up and you're really working something on your mind, the next thing you know, the phone rings, well, now you just lost that, and now you're going you're gonna to be distracted. It's going to take time. So when you start to add up all the time that you waste, it's much easier instead of, you know, people like 10 minutes of work is different if it's extreme focus compared to just half focus. And I feel like the majority of work that people do is just half focused work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where this puts you in a situation where you get better at focusing, yep. and you do it by basically constraining the system. So. You don't have visual if you don't want. You don't have audio if you don't want. You're kind of in control of it all. Yeah, it's completely customizable. Yeah, and, and it's in a very, like, you guys did a great job with your businesses where I was really impressed. I had really no expectations going into it. Yeah. But your guys' facilities, like, I've never been to a spa, and it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you take a shower before you get in there. Then you take a shower after. Uh, you guys supplied. Uh, we, I put earplugs in because yep. your head is actually underwater, but you know you're obviously your mouth and your your nose isn't. And, you, and I think for the first ten minutes, you guys played some sort of like uh, just basic music. Yeah. So well, for the first, that's what's weird about the whole thing, and that's what catches people by surprise is it's an hour minimum. Okay, so you go on the you go on the pod for an hour, but. For a lot of people, it goes by like 10 minutes. So we do music before and then a long pause of silence and then music after so that you can learn how long an hour really is when there's nothing to gauge it by. Yeah. It's hard. So it's, it's Yeah, what a, was your experience like the it, first time was, you did it? I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, um, me neither. But uh, when we went in, and for people in the, out there listening, when they say they, they pump in, like you can literally hear this through the water. It's yeah. it's not like subliminal. Like you can like physically like. Oh yeah, talk. there's speakers. Like, yeah, there's speakers in there. You can you can listen to it. Yeah, we don't have midgets but, in yeah. there whispering to you or anything. <laughs> but um, when, uh, when you get in, um, the last person in the world I ever want to get trapped with is myself. But you're in there, you don't realize how much stimuli you're exposed to until you actually get in. You close the door and it's just you. Um, and then I'm like. Well, crap, I gotta think. And then I think, and you think, and you think, and you think, and you're like, this is rubbish. Like, what the fuck am I doing in here? Yeah. I'm like, there, there's, and then. And you got no distractions. Yeah. But then and I'm like, I'm, I don't know, maybe estimate 30 minutes in. For, then towards the end, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to, to get, to, I probably got 10 minutes of where I'm like, okay, now I'm learning how to control. It took me to my third float to go, dude, this is. Well, there's two things to that. Like, some of my best ideas have come from floating in the pond. Yeah. Because. And some people, like what you said, they're like, yeah, I don't like being alone. Yeah. If you don't like being alone, then you got problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
bigger problems than the three of us sitting here, but you got problems. And, you know, you have to learn how to be comfortable with yourself. And um, that's one of the things that it teaches you. It's forced meditation. You're forced to meditate and to be alone, which what translates into being an athlete is important. You have to be able to rest yourself. You have to be able to relax. And um, But some of my best ideas have come from being in that tank. And the one thing that I, I say to people is like your first time in there, picture yourself in the first time you're in a hotel. You're in a hotel room. You don't know what the fuck people have been doing on that bed. You don't, That's not your, your TV remote. You know, it's not your television. The bed feels funky. You know, the... It, so your your body has to get used to it. The second night you sleep in that hotel, you're fine. You just hop in, you go to sleep. So it's like the you have to train yourself to to get the best, the most out of the float. And so the first time, that's why we give it at a discount. First time you come in, you don't pay full price. You you pay a discount because your first float is not going to be your best one. My my best float was my third one. Yeah, I'm the, exact the same. third time I floated, I was like, oh boy, there's something to this. It's it kind of you just unlock the door. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the, the first two are trying to find that key. Oh. And that that third one, I, I couldn't believe it because, the the second one was more experimentation because the first one like, oh, well, I'm gonna do this different, and um, then I said I'd pop the door halfway open, and then I'm like, no, it's not going. The third one was just, okay, I got, and then um. Because your mind and your body knows yeah. what it's doing. Well, it's then, like you know, I've done this before. I'm gonna hop in here and get it done. And I put on my own um, audio. Oh yeah, that made a huge difference. What'd you listen to? Podcast. Yeah. Uh, and and some. It wasn't a West Side <laughs> podcast, was it? No. <laughs> but, uh, I, I put on um, monks. Yeah. The, monks chanting. Yeah. Uh, I, I got real deep. Yeah. But um, but it's amazing how much that you hear. There, there's stuff that you hear that you'd never hear in any other day. Like, I mean, when you're in, even with speakers on, there's um, or headphones on, there's stuff you hear in that flow tank that you would not. You, you'd, you can really hear a pin drop in the background of something. Yeah. Well, the first the song that we play at the beginning has it's been named the world's most relaxing song. It's called Weightlessness, and um, I swear I can hear my heartbeat when I listen to that song. It just gets you so deep into your flow. That's why we use it. You, if you come to us the first time, that's what that's the song you get. You can, don't argue. That's just what you're gonna get because <laughs> we've been doing it. You know, we've been doing this for a while, yeah. and you're gonna thank me afterwards. You get people that come in, they, they look all pissed off and grumpy, and they leave, and they're like, that was awesome. Yeah. But for the, you know, for the, the athlete, you know, we, uh, there's so much that, that it does for you. I mean, even just the, the Epsom salts, it's a, it's a muscle relaxant. You know, it relaxes you. It l- allows your muscles to recover. I've had athletes that say that floating cuts their recovery time in half. It, you know, above, you know, everything else that they do, it cuts the recovery time in half. And then when, you know, you and I have been working on my lower back, and when I, you know, I go and do the ATP and then go and float, oh, my God, my back feels so much better. It's just because you are zero gravity. And you and I were talking about what gravity does to your body, yeah. that what people don't think. Gravity kills you, especially, I mean, humans aren't, made to live as long as what we're living right now like our body's not and the gravity just kills you especially when you have i mean you guys have in the gym you have athletes that are putting their name up on that chalkboard with records but doing a full-time job as well and you have to i mean 
what you got to take care of your body. I mean, you have to. It when you remove gravity and when gravity isn't a factor, and you can't compare this to lying in bed or a sofa, it's completely different because every like every single muscle in the body gets to relax. Like you lose complete muscle tone, and you got to bear in mind um, magnesium and sulfate are muscle relaxants. Yeah. So straight away, I mean, you you, well, you, you they're also a protein builder. Yeah, exactly. And you decompress like it. Your whole body gets to, it's, it's the most crazy feeling. If you want to see what gravity does, look at what happens with the astronauts when they come back into the atmosphere, right? They, the, it's very hard for them. Like that guy that just came back, I can't remember, but like he, uh, he grew a couple inches, I believe, because of no gravity. But then when he comes back, because he's not used to the constant gravity on his tissues, on his mm-hmm. joints and stuff, it's hard for them to even walk. You know what I mean? So... That's like an extreme case, but this would be maybe like if you're doing it for an hour, you're going to feel a lot of relief because decreased tone, you're in an environment that's totally different where um, you don't have gravity always pushing down directly on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It gives your joints, it gives everything a break. Do you know how much does your body absorb when it's in there? Is there anything? Well, the difference is, and that's that's one of the, you're getting it direct. You know, Mag- so the, are you, which, what are you talking about? For the, the, the yeah, magnesium sulfate, yeah. the okay. Epsom salts. I mean, you're getting it directly into your muscles. So when you're laying there, you're laying in magnesium sulfate. You're laying in Epsom salt. Yeah, and a lot of people have mineral deficiencies. Oh, there's a, there, was a, there was a study done where a majority of people in the United States have a magnesium deficiency. Yeah. They are magnesium deficient. And I think that's another thing what the flow pod does is you suck that all that into your to your body, and you know you you feel like you you haven't felt for a long time. Yeah. And we haven't even addressed the sleep. I mean, no, no. You can attest yeah. to it. I've never slept better than after I float. I'll float at eight thirty, and you won't see me again for twelve hours. And I never sleep, mm-hmm. be because you just rest yourself. I mean, you just you just chill out. You were late for work. Uh, remember we went that Wednesday night. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm I'm up at the crack of dawn. I didn't wake up till seven thirty. Yeah. I made every excuse under the book while I was late, but, but that was it. it was, I hope I didn't dime you out. Sorry, Lou. It was an emergency. It was a family emergency. But I I mean, I, I slept straight through all my alarms. Yeah. There's, uh, it's it's crazy how deep you get in. And another thing, when you have all this pressure off your body, the increase of blood circulation. But yep. just by that alone, too. I mean, recovery rates are phenomenal because your blood is flowing. I mean. The, the, if you increase blood circulation, it's going to deliver nutrients and everything you need to the, the tissue, everything that you've uh, you've trained. Yeah, I know from a manual therapist perspective, I refer people to there who have tone issues. So not necessarily like if you're a therapist, you're going to be getting people that have soft tissue fibrosis or uh, some sort of connective tissue, which is restricting. But then you have a what's a, more of a neurologic, what is a neurological issue, which is heightened tone. Can you explain tone? Yeah, uh, you've yeah. said that like yeah. three, four times since I've known you about yeah. the tone. Yeah, what so is it? What like what yeah. are you what are you talking about? So this is the reason why I was such a huge fan of it the first time because. Uh, um, See, when I was talking to you first, I was trying to act like really smart, like oh I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, tone. Yeah. 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 So when when I see people, uh, you have to delineate what exactly the issue is, and then create a hierarchy hierarchy from there. And so if someone has a neurological issue. Uh, basically, that neurological issue isn't going to allow you to get the results that you want. So you have to put a neurological input, something that's going to decrease tone. So from my perspective, what I'm going to use is isometrics, right? Now, um, so tone is basically how much, like when you do EMG levels, it's how much tone is in the tissue. 
Mm-hmm. So even when you're 100% relaxed, you still have some sort of tone. It just significantly decreased. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The issue is people that have heightened tone, they don't realize that they have heightened tone. So chronic acceleration, deceleration, whiplash, people like this, they don't understand that they're in this holding pattern, right? Because they had a really bad experience. And based off that experience, the central nervous system has now increased neural drive into tissues to basically produce mechanical rigidity, reject the re, re, uh constrain the joints from going into certain ranges. Does that make sense? Yeah. And they don't realize this, right? You'd be like, why are you holding your one shoulder up higher, right? They wouldn't be like, oh, they just think that that's, that's they, it's it's already their homeostatic tone. So right? could it be like a reaction from trauma? Re- yeah, trauma, any sort of experience that you have, even emotional, right? You'll see depressed people have that. So but, we do, we do vet, not to interrupt you, but we do veterans, like we let veterans flow for free because PTSD and all yeah. this stuff that's, and how we started, we started because of shit that I was experiencing from being a vet. So we let veterans on the 11th of every month, they, they come, they flow for free. Yeah. Call me, make an appointment, come flow for free. But what I've noticed yeah. in talking to a lot of these guys, they're tense. Like, and so they, they, the first thing they say is my shoulders feel so much better. Right. And my, you know, all their large muscle groups, like their the, their upper back, their shoulders, they, and their neck, they say they feel 100% better. So it makes sense what you're talking about. Yeah, so what happens is, like, let's say that you have a psychological uh, trauma or a car accident or something like that, your body is going to respond uh, to try to protect you, right? Even if it knows, even if you're... Uh, even if it's constraining ranges of motion in a joint that are normal, because it went into that range or because of whatever experience, the tone is going to produce mechanical rigidity and not allow you to go into that range. Now, the issue is people don't know that they're not going into that range. Does this make sense? Yeah. Right? So as a manual therapist, I have to provide them immediate feedback, saying, do you see how there's tone in this tissue? And I can point to the tissue and give them feedback, and then they can start to then consciously take over control Using isometrics will start to decrease that tone, which will then en- enable me to go into and start to work on joints. So what happens is in everyday life, you have gravity always pushing down on you. We forget that it exists, but if you take a pen and drop it, gravity is there, right? Yeah. So what happens is we, um, because we don't get feedback from this increased tone, when you get into the water, the first thing that I noticed was at first you kind of, you have a lot of heightened tone because normally when you lay on your back in water, at you least sink. for me, I'm not going to relax. Yeah. Right. I'm normally I sink. Right. I'm not very athletic in I water situation. <laughs> 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 yeah. Right. But what happens is the water provides you feedback. Right. So as you're laying there, you'll be like, well, "Oh, this is tense." So the water is acting as a feedback loop. Right. So if you give someone in, instance or give them instructions like, hey, when you go in there, you're kind of in this holding pattern. Or if you know that you're in a holding pattern, go in there and the water will give you feedback because you should just be floating. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice other parts of your body are just freely floating. There's very little tone in there. The central nervous system is really basically not having to work. You're giving it you're enabling it to relax. Right. And then eventually that tone will start to decrease. So what's happening is. It's not really, it's not doing anything for the, for the decreasing uh, soft tissue fibrosis or connective tissue issues. What it's doing is it's teaching the central nervous system to decrease tone, thus enable you to relax. See, we have a lot of people, and I don't know if this is 100% related or not, but we have a lot of people that would get out of the pod and be like, I had pain or discomfort that I didn't know existed until I got in there. And, it, you know, because they're, you know, a lot of them, it's like hamstrings. They say that their hamstrings hurt but what 
I think, and this is what I feel, is that they've always hurt. It's just when you get in that water, it's just magnified because you, you know what I mean? Well, and the thing is, like, one of the biggest uh, indicators that I look with, look for when I'm doing an assessment on someone is someone that is neurologically tight, the entire tissue is tight. So if it's a levator scapular or hamstring, they can trace from the beginning to the end because the central nervous system fires based off all or none. So it either all fires or it doesn't fire. So they can trace that muscle. If they trace the muscle, I know there's not a piece of dysfunctional connective tissue in there or anything like that, that it's a tone issue, right? So probably what's happening is when they get in there, they can feel the heightened tone because everything else is relaxed, but the tone in the hamstring hasn't. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's where it starts to provide even more feedback because that's the only way that, that, that the human body learns is through feedback loops. That's what you do as a strength coach. You give someone a feedback right? You're not doing this correctly, do this or however, right? But when it comes to uh, combating increased tone, you want the water does that for you. And then to aid on that, because you're moving gravity, taking pressure off, you've got decreased muscle tone, so you've got increased blood circulation. But by that, with that increased blood circulation, after hard training, you're flushing out lactate and reducing cortisol. And then by doing that to your adrenals, you're saving your adrenals a whole lot because you, you don't know how much because between phones, TVs, all the stimulus, all these, everything, once um, you start reducing that, you put yourself in an atmosphere that's really good for not just physical recovery, but for mental recovery. And what I wanted to bring up is the central nervous system is what's what regulates everything for us, yeah, um, sure. for sports performance, for physical performance, but for mental performance too. And... That's where I wanted to, to bring up the uh, the theta state. Yeah. Um, so can you explain that, like, why this is so important and, and how that's affected in the float tank? So the theta state, this is what, it's so funny because you get a lot of people that aren't aware of what's going on. And uh, when you get into that theta brainwave area, you're asleep, but you're not asleep. You're conscious, but you're just in a different state of mind. So... What, that's when your central nervous system is is mo, is the most um, ad, not adaptable, but inf, you can influence it. you can influence it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. By um, you know plugging stuff through the speakers. Or in Australia, you and I were talking about how far ahead Australia is than everybody else. They have um, TVs that they're putting in the top mm -hmm. of their pods. And let's take a golfer. A golfer needs to have that perfect swing every time. So while he or she is laying in the pod, staring up, not hearing or feeling or doing anything, they are just getting that swing and watching the perfect swing. It's called uh, perfect performance. Perfect performance. Yeah. That's And you get that by putting your your mind, your brain, into the theta state. You put your central nervous system. It absorbs so much more when you are in that that state. Now we have a lot of people that are like, I think I was asleep, but I don't know if I was asleep. I twitched and woke myself up. Um, I wasn't, a, I wasn't sure whether my eyes were open or closed. Um, that is, all, those are all signs that you reached theta. Yep. And that is our, almost one of our number one goals to get you to. For me, I fall. I know for a fact I fall asleep because I don't sleep. And I don't sleep when I'm at home. I own my own business, so I'm constantly, just like you guys, you're constantly thinking like, oh, I got this appointment tomorrow. I got this. I got that. 
That's why floating so good for me. My body knows as soon as I hit it, I'm done. You better wake me up because I'm out. I've done an eight-hour float before. I got up once to take a piss, and it was sweet. I felt like when I got done, I went outside. I felt like I could flip a car. I felt like Superman. (laughs) I felt like I was on steroids and PCP all at the same time. (laughs) It was awesome. I got up one time to take a piss, but my brain was clear. I felt like I was on that, um, you know, that, uh, what's that TV where they take the pill and he's like, the Matrix. <laughs> he can figure out everything, you know? Yeah. I felt like that. I think what it comes down to is attention has limited capacity, mm-hmm. right? And like some of the things that I wrote down, like what is focus? Because you're talking about optimizing a swing or said motor task for sport, right? Well, optimal practice needs optimal concentration. Yep. Right. And if we look at what focus is, so I looked it up, it's the neural capacity to uh, beam in on just one target while ignoring a staggering sea of incoming stimuli. Right. So if if the sensory deprivation tank takes away your vision, now that part of the brain is able to start to relax. Now you can hear better all the other senses. Now you um, you know, what I mean, so you're just slowly constraining the system. And then you can introduce a stimuli. What you, you want. want. Right, what you want to. So now you're, so it's basically the same thing that I do from a manual therapy perspective, except this is, this has a lot to do uh, when it comes to learning with neural capacity. Mm-hmm. So that's how you really optimize your time because like, like with me, I have to be constrained like that. Like when I want to do deep work, I have like those headphones Tom has that are, uh, that you can't hear of, they're noise canceling. I have those, uh, and so whenever I do work, and that what 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 you'll notice is as soon as you start to take away senses, more other other senses that you want start to turn on because they have more biological reserve to use. Yeah, you take away that distraction. Right. I think that's where you you go from sensory deprivation to sensory isolation. So you go from deprivation to where yeah. you can. I'm, I'm going to yeah. isolate one. Yeah. And which, yeah, and that's which when exactly, that's a whole different yeah. subject too, because that's when you get to perfect performance. You get to um, influence your brain to do something near perfect. They always say, "Well, perfect practice." Make, you know what I mean? This is your chance to do some type of uh, a form. You know, air quotes, a form of perfect practice. And you're, you're, it's the perfect scenario for training. You're training while relaxing. Like right. it's it's, it's technically well. It should be impossible, but you're not. I mean, yeah. the mental aspect of training is huge. I yeah, mean, it's, it's almost it's, yeah. yeah, and it's completely overlooked. Those are two things that I had written down was the recovery. I think uh, athletes and just talking to them, even the high performance athletes, where you think that their their club or whatever would you know make sure that they're recovering, make sure that they are taking care of being proactive. You know, how many athletes come to you be, as a reactive measure? Oh, right. I. Yeah. I fuck this part of, of, of my body up and you got to fix them. But w- my question would be, what have you done proactively to prevent this from happening? And I know Westside, you guys take a lot of time. I mean, your injury rate is almost nothing, you know, because you guys take the time to make sure that your athletes, number one, are doing the, the right thing mm-hmm. and doing it the right way, but also recovering your athletes the way that they need to. And this is this is a, a huge tool for that that I think people overlook because you have to rest and recover your body. And being a couch potato and laying on the couch for, you know, it's just not doing it. Well, this is, this is uh, it's, it's active recovery, 
Yeah. Because you're still you're, doing you're, something. Yeah, you're resting your body, so you're getting the benefits of the physical benefits, but the neurological benefits uh, you're 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 getting from being able to relax, being able to uh, to focus on one thing. You know See, that's I mean? a great point because yeah, you're. I mean, you're still training. Right. So a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll go see a movie or do, and all that stuff is fine to do that. But at the same time, you have to look introspectively. And a lot of athletes and a lot of people in today's age don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you said, it was the same thing for me. It's hard for me too, you know, to do that when I floated the first time. Yeah. Um, the one thing that, so there's a book, it's called Focus. I can't remember who it is, but, uh, I, I wrote this down because uh, this is something that I experienced when I was in the tank. He says that we learn best with focused attention. As we focus on what we are learning, the brain maps that information on what we already know, making new neural connections, right? So it goes back to that, like, like for me, I look at it as restoration. Yeah, I know. But, I get yelled at all the time from Tom because, it's you know, we should call ourselves <laughs> – Restoration, you know, float yeah. restoration. That's but but it, but for me, it's mental performance. Yeah, because it's constraining me to have to focus on something. So if I have an issue, right, and that's one of the interesting things. Like if you look at when stuff comes to you, maybe you're showering, maybe you're doing all this other stuff. Yeah, right. It's when you're really not thinking about it. You're just kind of hanging out. To me, the float tank is the same thing. You're just hanging out, and then boom, next thing you know, because you're not trying to do stuff. Yeah. Right. All these connections start to be able to occur because now you don't have your vision working. You don't have, you're not listening to anything. You, I didn't have the music on. Uh, I couldn't really hear much at all when I, when I was in there. So it, we were messing with you on purpose. So oh, we okay. just cut it off. Well, I, I, I mean, it was, it was very relaxing for me, but at the same time I was able to work through stuff that I had going on in my mind that I was trying to figure out. Well, see some people, some people want nothing. Yeah. They don't want anything. And then some people, they just can't do that. They can't have that. They yeah. can't have nothing. And that, I mean, they, you take a 25 year old and you can think, you know, eight, 18 years of his life, his or her life, she's had stimulus the entire time. And I'm not talking like crawling around on the floor and looking up at mom and dad. I'm talking about, you know, now iPads, iPods, you know, phones. Um, you are, you have to constantly be doing stuff. I mean, look at some of these people, how many times they post on, like, social media. You know, because you, you have to do it. You're feeding yourself constantly bullshit. Yeah, you, and you have to take a break. You have to give your brain a break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I try to consciously do is not look at my phone. I'll have – so it's like when that, – and that's, the, that's the, the best part about the tank is it forces you to be there. So even if you really have the urge to look at your phone because – like, are you really going to get out of the? T if so, you probably have serious issues, and you should schedule out for. What I tell everybody when I'm working the spa, which is rarely anymore, but when I what I tell everybody, put your phone on airplane mode. Put your phone on airplane mode. If you want to listen to some music or whatever, that's fine. I've got a guy that has been coming to our spa for almost two years now, and blares Iron Maiden. I don't know why, but you can hear it. He blares Iron Maiden. He just loves to be in there and just getting crushed yeah and so that's fine with me it is what it is you know pay your bill and be fine but <laughs> but for me i recommend to everybody put your phone on airplane mode and just be with yourself for a minute you know give yourself some time to be by yourself and to hear nothing see nothing and do nothing relax yourself you know and some people prefer it over massages i do 
just because, I mean, you can give me a massage today and tomorrow it's going to be completely different. You know exactly what you're going to get every time. I, you know, I enjoy massage, but man, I just love being in that flow pod. I just love it. Yeah. To bring it back around, just say, not just for the therapy, but for the reduction in the risk of injury. So when you get in the, the flow pod, or in, um, that's where I think, I, I think, uh, and I, again, we're only bringing this podcast because we've actually, everyone here, like obviously Pat has, but we've tried this. Like we, <laughs> this is not something we're just saying, hey, go do this for a reason, but there's actually legitimate reasons for this. But for the restoration aspect, you can reduce uh, injury risk multiple ways, but one, because you're loosening the tissue. I mean, you're, you don't have tight tissue, but you can actually isolate tissues that have been tight you might know are tight because you've got nothing to focus. When you get in there, uh, we just talked about it before the we started. The hamstrings, yeah. You'll... Um, you'll have pain. Like, you'll isolate pain you didn't even know you had pain. And that's a huge thing. God, I, I got to focus on this when I get out. From from your perspective, from a therapist's perspective, how important or how, how useful of a tool is this for you for working with athletes that they can go, well, I just did a float restoration. I came in, I, I felt tight here and here. Does, does that give you key signals? Yeah, without a doubt, because everything's feedback. So it's the same thing based off how you do your work. You're doing it based off the feedback of the individual. So I do it off. Uh, I, so it's off of what the assessment is, and then also what that individual actually tells you, like their verbal feedback, right? But it's just like today, you know, uh, we had a CrossFit girl in, same thing. She was having knee pain, but it was that there was no issue, technically soft tissue fibrosis. It wasn't where we would apply manual therapy inputs. We needed tone inputs, right? Because we checked the tone. Now you have a tone issue. So now we're doing tone work. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so, I, like, like I said before, as, as a manual therapist, and someone who I realistically only work with people who have injuries or are trying to optimize performance, um, if you have a tone issue and you get a manual therapy input, you're, you may feel initially better. However, what's going to happen is the tone is going to kick back and increase. Right? Because the body, you have to put in whatever input it needs. Like It's specific adaptation to impose demands. The inputs have to be specific. So if it's a neurological input, you have to specifically put a neurological input in to get the result that you want. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So people that have tone issues, which there's a ton of people that have tone issues that I work with, are really good candidates for the floats ball. Because it goes back to, hey, when you're in there, can you feel how you're holding? Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And they can feel the holding patterns that they're in. They can feel the actual increased tone. Because when you have increased tone, a lot of times you can't feel it other than that whole tissue is continuously to contracting. Does that make sense? So it adds as it, it keeps going back to that feedback loop and how essential that feedback loop is. But obviously, if you decrease tone in the hamstring, let's say, and now the hamstring is going to be more adaptable, more, more adaptable a hamstring is less risk for injury. Does that make yep. sense? So if you want to tie, I mean, we could go in a lot of different directions, uh, but yeah, one hundred percent. I uh, I refer athletes uh, to this because I mean, we just discussed all the mental aspects, but from a tone perspective, I've I've gotten good results from the individuals that I've sent to him. One hundred percent. Where did it come from? Who? Who was the inventor? Who was? Well, so the John C. Lilly gets a lot of credit. I mean, 
Lily, um, he wrote a book about it, did gobs of studies on it. Um, he did not just flow therapy, but he did a bunch of stuff with the brain. I mean, he's, that's what he did. He just, he studied the brain and he did some crazy stuff, but he, um, he really took float therapy or, or, um, the float tank and made it what it is today. Now there, you can talk to some people and some people will argue and be like, well, NASA had something like this or the air force had some before NASA air force had something like this. They were floating people trying to, um, recreate zero gravity, adding salt to water. But, um, it's been around a, a long time, but John C. Lilly gets a lot of credit for it. I mean, there's a, um, I think it was in the Rolling Stone, but John Lennon, it helped him get off heroin. Lennon was on heroin. I mean, there was, so it's, it go, you can date it all the way back there, but I've found uh, books, uh, read stuff about Lily that brings it back into the 50s. So it's been around a long time. People think it's this brand new thing that we just invented. I don't know how many people have been like, I can't believe you came up with this idea. I said, bro, I'm, I was born in the 80s. I didn't, <laughs> no, I didn't, didn't. come up You're with like, this. Yeah, it just came to me <laughs> overnight. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> um, some of the, the stuff, well, some of the, there's so much research on it. There's so much for all different aspects. But uh, Well, there's an institute right now completely dedicated to it. What was the one that you referred to with the SEALs, with the, with the mental training? Well, yeah, so DevGrew, who, like, everybody knows as SEAL Team 6, um, they've been using it. Uh, they use it for all different sorts of stuff, but um, the one that they've let come out, you know, they've leaked some stuff out that they don't mind us knowing about, but uh, is their foreign language. They've, they took uh, six months from learning a foreign language down to six weeks, you know, and for me, that's, that's crazy. Because those guys, they don't have time to do that kind of stuff. You know, they're that's a that's a busy group of boys, and if they can cut down a a program, especially something as important of learning the language of the country that you're going to, um, from six months down to six weeks, it just goes back to what we were talking about. When and there's some people from uh, Harvard that are doing the same thing. They'll take their um, their uh, the uh, lessons that they're learning, you know, the lectures and they're recording them and then they'll play them again in the pod and they say that they can just, they can memorize so much more stuff and learn so much more just because you can take the most ADD person and force them into this isolated state, take everything away from them except for that sound. And that's what the SEALs have done. I mean, this, um, but the SEALs have been doing it for a long time. The guy that I was talking about at the beginning from Coronado, he was a SEAL, not not with SEAL Team 6, but he left the Marine Corps and went and uh, got on a SEAL team, and he and I were talking on the phone. He's the one that talked. He, they had Samadhi pod, or Samadhi tanks. They're, they look like uh, these freezers, mixed between a freezer and a coffin. It's the scariest fucking thing you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. And that's what I did the first time in uh, Chicago. And, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, those guys, they've been doing it a long and if. You know, they, they do their research on everything. They don't spend money or do anything to their bodies that they haven't done complete research on. Yeah, like you're saying, they're at such a time constraint. Yeah. Right, and they that they wouldn't be doing something that didn't actually produce results. Oh, exactly. And, so, I mean, I, that's one thing that is tough with being in this business. And it's just like what you and I were, were talking about. There's probably a lot of people that are listening to this, and they're like, what the hell is this guy on here talking about? 
float pods and floating for. He owns a spa, but that's what that's the toughest thing about owning this business is explaining to people the benefits of it, what it is, and why they should do it, and um, just getting them into the door. And once they're in there, I mean, that's what, that's why I say get rid of therapy, get yeah. rid of spot. Like when we first, went, I'm like, no, like, and. I was like, this place is way too nice for me. I walked in the door. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, no. Man. This, I'm, I'm used to chalk and dirt everywhere. But, um. Well, he came in with, uh, um. Rob and, uh, Rob and, and Jake. Jake. Yeah. And you were in there, and I couldn't get him to get in. I had one extra pod, and I was like, just try it, man. Just get in. You'll, you, you'll thank me later. He's like, nope. We nope. bonded, though. We bonded. Yeah, we did. We did bond. Um. But that's you got. It's it's just like we talked with you. It's the name. The person off the bat when people think therapy spa, like, no. But when you think athletic restoration, you say float restoration. Like, hmm, well, restoration sounds good. But that's it's all these. You got to think how many athletes have been doing this for for a, a long, long time. A long time. They're, but they don't want to tell anybody. Right. And um, and just like you, of, of <laughs> functional. Once you use the word functional, people are like oh. There's so many things got like functional. I won't even say the names we're gonna say, but <laughs> but it's again, it's just about how people perceive the name off the bat. Yeah. As soon as you try it, it's just like any machine, like anything we do, just try it. As soon as you try it, it makes perfect sense. Oh yeah. Well, um, this one, the, when you well, do it, you gotta do it like two or three times. Then. Yeah, I think the second time at least try it twice, but three times, I'm telling you what, that's when. That's when I fell. On, I'm, that's when I told Heather. I said, "I'll, I'll spend my entire retirement on this thing." I said, "This is, this is the shit." Well, see, and think about it from this, like the strength coaches out there and the trainers. Think about it from this perspective, uh, Tom. The inverse hamstring uh, curl. Mm -hmm. Why did you guys develop that? Here? Necessity, because people had hamstring problems. And hamstring problems. So what you did was you created a device. That constrained the system that forced the hamstrings to function. Does that make sense? So it's the same thing. So many same with the reverse hyper. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what you just do in general. Yeah. Right now, this is the same thing. You're constraining the system. It's just not technically. You're like I don't like for me. I I use it to work through stuff in my head. So I get a relaxation benefit from it. Like yeah. I was telling you, I was messing around with my shoulder joints in there. Yeah. And uh, isometrically loading stuff in water, which feels fantastic. So I was able to get both my shoulder joint capsules, full internal rotation. Because what happened is the, the tone decreases, allowing me more range. As soon as I get that range, I'd isometrically load it. So that's so what I tell, and I'm, I have nowhere even close to the knowledge you have. But what I found in just messing around with it is when I stretch out my large muscle groups like my quads um my calves my back if i feel like you're just inserting oil into it you know what i mean yeah and maybe that's the layman's way of explaining what you were trying to say with all yeah. the long words that you were using <laughs> yeah but that's how you know i felt like it was you were just inserting oil into it and when i got out i felt you feel amazing yeah it's i think a lot of what at least for, i'm speaking from my experience what a lot of what i felt was decreased tone that makes sense yeah you know what i mean and, it, and it's like uh, so decreased tension almost in the large yeah t tone is uh, just a neurological response so it's a so why can't you just call it tension well tension <laughs> well, well, <laughs> I, I didn't come up with the terms that's 
that's what that's what that's what they I'm come just, up. I just go, but yeah, tension tone is going to be the same thing. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing that I see in my field right now. Like you know, I had uh, just yesterday post car accident. Well, that's all heightened tone. They didn't just develop a bunch of soft tissue fibrosis from this car accident, but what they do have is a ton of tone because they chronically accelerated, decelerated their neck. So this is a perfect case where, well, what, what would you do? Well, do one, they also they, have like that. Yeah, the holding pattern because Heather they, had the same thing. We got uh, rear-ended by mm -hmm. a semi-truck, and right. Heather's, Heather, her shoulders, she wasn't that injured, right. but her shoulder, she was always like, I feel like I'm going to get hit. Yeah, so think about it. Think about it if you use the flotation tank to decrease tone, and then from an athlete's perspective, I'm going to make the argument every human should be training on a regular basis, but, and then you go into training with decreased tone in the tissue. It's probably going to go pretty well. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to have a lot more adaptable tissue to work with. So a tissue that has heightened tone in it is less adaptable, right? And the key to avoiding injury is to become as adaptable as possible. We had a UFC fighter that was coming in for a while, and um, he was floating, he was training twice a day and he was floating between trainings and he had great i mean he loved it he's since moved away but he loved it and um he was like it's it's the best thing it's just a uh it's the perfect break between training yeah not the most as i said advantageous thing to do if you're not expecting it late at night no oh, well that's your fault man you should have asked that <laughs> 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 we have i mean we have uh we call them the. They, it's like a pajama party. They, all these old ladies that come to Pal at eight thirty, and they just sit around and gossip, and then they bring their pajamas. They go and float, and because they, they say they just they don't need, they don't drink wine anymore, and they just pass out. Well, endorphins, dude. You got endorphins been released. That's that's all you need. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that though. Yeah. The endorphin release that you get. Talk about it. Let's hear it. You get endorphins. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that that's all to do with relaxation, being able to just relax in. And I said, like sensory but, isolation is the is the key. Yeah, and but like, endorphins are like they're natural painkillers, aren't mm -hmm. they? Yeah. Yeah. So well, that, again, that's going to help with your recovery. I mean, you're it's going to help with injury recovery. You know, keeping you injury free. And if we start to look at, just look at central nervous system. So, Tom, the athletes that, that you work with when you're training them, you're teaching them how to fire and mobilize everything in their central nervous system over and over again. Contract, contract, right? Increasing all this neural drive. Do you ever work with them just to relax? Not really. No. You know what I mean? So Nobody like, does, though. So, it's so not just Tom. Don't don't make Tom <laughs> feel bad. <laughs> well, that's not really the goal of training. But I'm just saying, so so if you look at that, you know, you're talking about a massive break for the central nervous system because now you're just worried about always contracting it, trying to, you know, max effort is trying to mobilize everything within one repetition. Does that make sense? But the relaxation phase isn't going to occur nearly as intense, whereas, you know, you do the sensory deprivation, now you'll start to get that relaxation. Well, you're you're an athlete of mine. I'm not saying if you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta tell you to go relax. What are you gonna do? <laughs> but like, yeah. well, what are you? I'm gonna sit down on a couch. <laughs> feedback. Gonna watch TV. Sensory overload. Yeah. I'm probably not gonna watch something that's very subtle. So it's, it's gonna, something's gonna be blaring. Someone's gonna get shot. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. Then I I may eat. I may do something. And then you got light. You probably if, if you got animals. You got you got all this. You're not you're not relaxed like you, you don't know what re relaxation is until you've actually yeah. been deprived of your senses. Right. 
And that's the other thing too is let's say you have a holding pattern. Well, you're not going to relax out of that holding pattern. Or or pain, yeah. you know. Yeah, if exactly. you're in, we have a lot of people that have they they don't take pain pain pills anymore. We I had a guy he's passed away now, but he had um, his name was uh, Dave, and he came to us for a long time. And he actually weaned himself off hydrocodone. He had been on hydrocodone for like eight years. And um, Heather would be able to talk about him a lot better than I do. But, he, he, yeah, he was on hydrocodone for like eight years, weaned himself off of him, didn't need him anymore because the, of the pain decrease in his back and his, um, and in his lower back and upper back. And um, he swore by it. I mean, he just swore by it. Pain is very complex because – It's weird. Because you can have tissue damage and no pain, meaning if you get an MRI, you have pathology on there, but you don't have pain, right? You can have tissue damage and pain, right? And, and so pain is an output from the brain. So a lot of what I do, I'm a neuromuscular therapist, so a lot of what I'm doing is working with the nervous system yeah. to put good inputs in to start to change that because pain is within the brain. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. No, it makes so perfect like, sense. I'm using isometrics and trying to get them to contract this tissue in a safe range, then working on them to get to relax that tissue in a safe range, and then trying to basically expand those ranges. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing. I mean, if, like, I consider the sensory sensory deprivation tank, is that what you, is that what you technically, that's what I keep calling yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, because, that's what, everybody calls it something different. Yeah, but... That's a I always screw input. up the word sensory, so I always just call it floating. <laughs> floating, okay. Yeah. But, but it's the I think sensory deprivation tank is probably the best description of it, because that's exactly what it is. Right, but it's a neurological input, so it matches up perfectly with neurological issues. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, the, that's, that's one of the things in your arsenal that you can do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So people that are getting some sort of soft tissue treatment if it's something that's temporary, you're going to get some sort of relief initially just because somebody touched that area, right? Mm -hmm. There's a analgesic effect to that. But if it continuously, it's something that's not getting any better, chances are it's a tone issue and you're not giving it a neurological input, right? And I see a ton of people where I'm not really doing hands-on treatment. I'm isometrically loading them to try to give them that neurological input. And then on the back end, when we decrease the tone, if, they, if then they go to the float tank, now they're getting even more decreased tone. So basically we're building off of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you see that? Um, it's been out for a while. I think it's a, It's called it's Dining in the Dark or Dan's Lenore. That's terrible French. But it, um, I think it started in Prague. They, they got a, a restaurant that it's um, your, your waiters, waitresses, they're blind. But they bring you in and you're blindfolded. It's a pure black room but they guide you to your table and you can't see the food you're eating but because of that your sensors or your, your senses are so overloaded that you can actually taste a few more and you're, you can smell more stuff that you'd never ever experience and um, it started because um, they were interviewing people who were blind and they're asking them well what can you sense and when um, they would compare food they were so more descript and more accurate to what actually food tasted like because they couldn't see it. You take away that, they have to smell it, taste it. And again, well, I'll just, bet. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, you're just decreasing neural activity mm -hmm. in you know, your vision, your hearing, like all that stuff that's coming in, 
and then that gives you more biological capacity to use your other senses of taste. Do you ever try? Do you ever try get a load of meat and close your eyes and eat it? Well, the I love meat though. But you, you'd be surprised of how much difference like you eat pork, chicken, well, meat, what it is. How you can't how much you can taste it the more? Much, well, you don't know what it is. If, yeah. you, if you can't see it and you put it in your mouth, you're like, is this chicken? Is this meat? Oh, you mean yeah, telling when, the difference in yeah. the type of meat? Yeah, yeah. When, when I was in college. That freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, my anatomy physiology class, one of the things we did was you were blindfolded and you had to hold your nose. Yeah. And they give you an apple or an onion or something of the same texture where you can't really tell and you would guess whatever it is. That's what your mom used to have you do. Like when you had to take medicine, you had to hold your nose. Yeah, and close exactly. Cod liver oil. <laughs> but yeah, and you couldn't, you couldn't tell. Well, the mind's a funny thing. I read a, a study that go, it was a weightlifting study where they took guys and made the plates 50s when and but it's red 45 on there. So the guy just looks at it and it's like, oh, that's a 45 pound plate, but it really weighed 50 pounds. And then they were getting guys to get PRs just because their brain was in the way. Right. Um, if people want to find out any more info on. Flotation on float tanks, float yeah, therapy. Uh, we got a big um, social media thing. So, like, our um, you can do uh, True Rest Bus, which is our Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you can go to truerest.com, T R U E R E S T.com, um, or give us a call. Um, I get private messages all the time on Instagram with questions. If you have any questions following up on this, um, you can hit me up on there. Uh, and in Columbus, where are your locations? I got uh, the Col- Columbus uh, at Easton. It's uh, Easton Gateway, not actually in the Easton, but it's right by right across from Whole Foods, um, which has a great buffet. Oh. <laughs> um, and then uh, the my first one uh, is in Powell, uh, which is right by um, Handel's Ice Cream, between downtown Powell and Sawmill Parkway. Cool. Unless you you've had more to add, or do you think we've no, I think we covered just about everything. You, John? Yeah, I'm you got anything else to say? Yeah, I'm just going to go float now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Pat, thank you very much for coming hey, Thanks in. for having me, John, man. I really appreciate pleasure. it. pleasure. Yep. This has been the Westside Barbell Podcast. We will be back next week with Louie, who is doing a podcast on the rule of three, which is basically GPP. Thank you, and talk to you soon.